Welcome to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Good Saturday evening. I'm Jason Kong, our uh, our co-hosts, as always, Cooper Linton with Transitions Life Care and Nicole Bruno with Transitions Guiding Lights. Good evening to you both. Glad to be here. And Cooper, you've got that uh, that that turkey look in your eye, ready to get some Thanksgiving dinner here in a few days. I'm ready for Thanksgiving dinner. I'm actually ready for a couple days of uh, of pure family. So looking forward to some family time, uh, a little bit of road time in the middle, but uh, that's all right. And Nicole, I'm I'm assuming with the whole family at dinner and a few days off from work, I hope that you'll learn a new word or two that you'll share with us. I'll maybe probably in a week I'll or probably two. Uh, learn a new word or, word or two. But Cooper has a turkey look in his eye for more than one reason. No. You know, <laughs> I, I, we had to spend the day together yesterday. Airports and mm-hmm. planes, trains, and automobiles all dry, flying to Atlanta, talking about national replication. So it was a pretty busy day. Oh, and I, I can feel the love between you two. I know you guys yeah. don't spend enough time as it is together, so yeah. I'm glad you got an opportunity yeah. I'm to I'm off next traveling. week, so that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the Atlanta airport is a forging experience for everybody. Yeah, so we're just glad to be back. It is the true test, though, of bonding the, the Atlanta airport. I think if... You know, rather than going to like the taking your your whole office to those escape rooms or something like that, just take them to the Atlanta airport, and if you can make it out of there, you're, you've bonded and you're good to go. Never thought about that. I think it's a great idea. I, I've got a new business plan. I think. <laughs> well, let's let's get serious here. We've got uh, one guest here in the studio, Cooper, and another on the phone. Tell us what we're doing this evening. Well, this evening we're going to touch on a topic that is increasingly relevant to our listenership, but. It is around a disease that is, or a set of diseases that's uh, growing. It's getting a lot of press and attention. This past couple of weeks, there were some major national announcements about it, and it's Alzheimer's. Uh, It's a disease that actually frightens many people to talk about it. It can be scary. We've done several shows to talk about the uh, symptoms, uh, the signs and symptoms of Alzheimer's, things that can be done to prevent it. But we also have to deal sometimes with the reality that people have it, and how do we provide care to those patients, but also how do we provide care to the ones that are caring for their loved ones. Um, And so we have a couple folks on the show this evening. Lisa Roberts, who's the executive director of the Alzheimer's Association, the Eastern North Carolina chapter. And we also have Vivian Green with us, who is the executive director of Alzheimer's North Carolina. And they've joined us to talk about some things that they have going on in the coming weeks. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. It's a Thank you to be very here. much, Cooper. So, start off with what's coming up soon. Well, Vivian and I and our teams decided that this would be a great year to collaborate on a really important, very honorable um, ceremony that both organizations have held for years called Candlelight Reflections. So we are collaborating on that. That is our commitment to the community to honor um, the support, the care, the journey of the caregivers and all of those who have been impacted by this devastating disease. So, Vivian, I just think this is a great idea to bring the two organizations together uh, with... uh, with such a thought of, you know, just bringing all the families together that are impacted by this disease. What brought up the idea of this collaboration? Well, I think we both, both of our organizations are very um, caring about the impact of Alzheimer's and dementias on 
uh, caregivers. We, we realize that the caregiving journey can take anywhere from a year to 20 years in some cases. And, and those folks have so many things they have to deal with that we really wanted to honor them. And at the same time, we really wanted to look at how um, we could provide um, an example, I guess, of how nonprofit organizations and organizations that have a synergy or a common cause or desire or passion about what they do, how we can collaborate and work together for that purpose that we can have greater impact when we work together. And I think Lisa and I had several conversations about the, the fact that if we work together, it would really send a message both to the community about what our own um, beliefs and values are in our individual organizations, but also set an example for others to perhaps move forward in doing some of those same kinds of activities. So, Lisa, if you could kind of walk us through, what exactly can one expect at a candlelight reflection ceremony? Well, the as Vivian said, the collaboration between two organizations, first of all, has been wonderful. And I thank Vivian for taking the lead and and really setting the stage and the, and having the appropriate leadership to kind of bring that forth. Um, one of the things that you can expect is really a beautiful ceremony. It'll be held at the it'll candlelight ceremony, but there will be speakers. We have um, wonderful caregivers um, from both organizations, so truly a collaboration that will be speaking. We'll have a reception. Um, we will have a wonderful memory painting um, where people can contribute to this overall um, collaboration of bringing families and caregivers together. Now, you've so, got to help me. What is a memory painting? Vivian, do you want to talk about that? Sure, sure. It's actually, um, it came out of a desire to look at taking people's awareness about Alzheimer's past or beyond the statistics and the numbers to really remind people that this is about human beings that are dealing with the disease, about families. And so the memory painting is a painting that has an opportunity for individuals to place the name of their loved one who has passed, um, who followed the Alzheimer's journey. So the painting has names of individuals on it. So you can look at that painting and you can see the number of people, humans, individuals represented by their name and the caregivers or the the people who loved those individuals are the ones that wrote those names so the handwriting is all different some people wrote a first name some people wrote a whole name um, and it's a very touching I think example of how people want to remember and honor their loved one which is also an example of what candlelight reflections is all about it's again for representing and supporting the caregivers, but it's also honoring those people who traveled a journey that they had no choice about um, right to the end. So that painting is going to be there, and as Lisa said, we'll be inviting those who attend to put the name of their loved one on that painting. And we, so, we actually have uh, taken that piece to several different events um, that we've done, and we will continue to do that over the next 12 months so that um, we can have people add to it. 
So I guess I have a two-part question, and I'm not sure who wants to take the lead on this, but um, I guess number one is when people often think of reflection or remembrance ceremonies, a lot of times people think of people who have already passed. So I guess the first thing I'm wondering, is this appropriate for somebody to come to that may currently be caregiving for somebody? Um, And then the second thing I'd love for you to share is sort of what that experience is like for an individual anecdotally from what both of your organizations have heard from caregivers in the past. Okay. I'll uh, let Lisa answer um, first if you'd like to go ahead, Lisa. That sounds great. Thanks, Vivian. Um, what, just so I can understand what you're saying, Nicole, that's a, first of all a great question because oftentimes people think when you think candlelight reflections, it's a vigil. And this is really a ceremony to honor the commitment and the resiliency of the human spirit. So this is active caregivers. These are caregivers who were caregivers, but unfortunately their loved ones have gone on. So everyone is included in this. Yes, absolutely. I think that, um, as we've said from the beginning, this is about honoring the caregiver as well as the individual impacted by the disease. So we welcome anyone who wants to participate um, on any level. I mean, it's me- it's recognizing and remembering, honoring and and memorializing, yes. So in the brief time that we have left, I'd love for you to share a little bit of information about when this event's going to be held, how people can register and find out more information, and then also just take a, a quick minute just to share a little bit about each of your organizations, and we've got about two minutes. Okay, so um, I'll jump in. I Candlelight Reflections, again, a partnership between Alzheimer's North Carolina and Alzheimer's Association Eastern North Carolina. It will be held on Thursday, November 30th at the J.C. Ralston Arboretum. That's near the North Car- um, NC State campus. Um, refreshments are going to be from 6 to 6.30. The ceremony is from 6.30 to 7.30. And please RSVP to either organizations, but you can call our organization at 919-803-8285 or RSVP to Thomas at alz.org. You can um, register or reserve a spot through our organization at our website, which is www.alznc.org. You can call our main number, which is 919-832-3732, or email Casey Hall, which is khall, H-A-L-L, at alznc.org. Very good. And again, that's the candlelight reflections uh, vigil here, not vigil, but uh, ceremony here. And that's Thursday, November 30th at the J.C. Ralston Arboretum. And that's uh, Arboretum that's near the NC State campus, again, from 630 to 730. www.alznc.org is the website 919-832-3730. Three two is the phone number if you need to find more information. Lisa Roberts, Vivian Green, thank you both so much for spending some time with us here this evening. We really appreciate it. Great, thank you for having thank us. You. A quick yes, break and back. Much. Oh, thank you very much, Vivian. A quick break and back. You're listening to Aging Matters: Care and Comfort That Surrounds You, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF, you are listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. You can find more about them at transitionslifecare.org. I am Jason Kong, Nicole Bruno over there, Cooper Linton over here, Transitions Guiding Lights, Transitions Life Care. And now, Cooper, we're going to talk about uh, another organization as well, and that's AARP. 
And we're going to talk about an organization that I think many people think they know and probably don't know the way they should. And that's one of the reasons we bring people on this show is to help people identify resources, know what's out there, figure out how they can get help, uh, and, and realize they are not alone in this caregiver journey. And there's folks that can be of great assistance to them. So we're privileged this evening to have Audrey Galloway with us. Uh, and I'm going to read out her title, uh, so we may have to take a commercial break. We may. Um, she is the Associate State Director for Advocacy and Communication or Community Outreach, Triangle Region. See, it's so long, I even messed it up. <laughs> got it out. That's good. Audrey, welcome to the show, and thanks for taking time to come here this evening. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. So can we start with what is AARP and, and maybe sometimes what AARP is not? This is my favorite part of doing presentations about AARP. It is dispelling the myths of who we are and actually identifying who we are. Um, if you've been seeing any of our commercials, you, our new motto is, if you think you know um, something, whether it's caregiving or, mm-hmm. or uh, products, and we say you don't know ARP. Most people don't know ARP. And AARP is a nonprofit organization designed to um, empower older adults 50 and over. Uh, We do this through programs and services. We are not an insurance company. We are not a cell phone provider. We are not um, a home. Now, wait a minute. I watch television, and I see (laughs) cell phone providers with y'all's logo on it. And I'm not quite old enough, but I'm not too far from being old enough to buy some of that insurance. But you're saying that's not who you are. That's not who we are. We have partners who uh, work with AARP, and we allow them usage of our logo in promoting their products to our membership. But we are not, those products are not housed within AARP, and we have no involvement with delivering those products at all. However, we do deliver quite a few programs and services and advocacy work at the community level. So I want to hear about that. I mean, specifically, obviously, one of my biggest interests is caregiving related mm-hmm. issues. And that's a big premise behind the show. And you have a huge initiative related to caregiving, which I am so excited about because the power behind AARP and getting the word about what impacts caregivers is just going to trickle down to all the community providers. So thank you so much for that. Oh, our pleasure. We've been working on uh, caregiving issues for many, many years, and organizations that are not currently working on caregiving issues will probably find that by 2050, when the number of people needing care exceeds the number of caregivers available, um, they're probably going to start working on these caregiving (laughs) issues, too, because they're going to have to. They're going to be late to the party at that point. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we've been doing this for a while, and every month throughout the year, we are working on supporting caregivers and providing resources that support the work that they do and sometimes those resources include working on advocacy issues legislative issues congressional issues Uh, right now one of the things we're working on at the congressional level is we're trying to get um, the raise act um, which is the raise act and, and i have to read the pieces to you because like cooper if i don't read it i will miss a letter but the raise act is the recognize assist include support and engage family caregivers. And what this act does is it partners um, professional groups, it partners public groups to become an advisory committee. And the advisory committee will make recommendations on supporting caregivers. And these recommendations can include things like um, 
greater adoption of person and family centered care and all health and long-term care settings. It can include assessment and service planning. It can include creating models that local governments can implement and act to support caregivers. And right now, this um, we're looking at getting co-sponsors at the congressional level. Right now, we don't have any North Carolina members of North Carolina delegation who are co-sponsoring, but we're working on that. But if we can get this conversation started at the national level, mm-hmm. then we know that it will trickle down to the state level and it'll trickle even further down to the community level. And that's where those conversations really need to take place because it is the local communities that are supporting caregivers and the people whom they're providing care for. That's wonderful. And you said that you're also working on some other legislation currently? Yes. we've. We're, what most people don't realize is that legislation um, for caregivers is not just necessarily about caregiving. Right. Right. It can be about um, other um, areas where people need assistance. We um, note that fraud is a big issue yes. among older adults. Mm-hmm. And it's a bigger issue for someone who may not, who may be very vulnerable, and whether that's physically vulnerable mm-hmm. or mentally vulnerable or cognitively vulnerable, someone who has Alzheimer's or mm-hmm. dementia. Um, we have to work on making sure that they are not subjects to fraud. And when I do fraud presentations, I tell people I work anywhere from 50 to 60 hours a week, and fraudsters are working that amount of time coming up with new ways to take advantage of people. You, you want to wonder sometimes. I mean, I sit here, you know, and we all work a million hours a week, right? If they only could just use their creativity for something for good. good. <laughs> I'm like, use their, right, use it's their amazing. powers for good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, they're, they're not, and they're constantly coming up with new ways. And every time we, as a society, figure out how to combat one area of fraud, they come up with another area of fraud. Mm. And for folks who, you know, are... are receiving care from a family caregiver they tend to be the ones who are at home and will answer the phone and maybe taken advantage of Mm -hmm. or there'll be mail for them and they'll reply to the mail and they'll send money or they'll give away their account numbers Mm -hmm. because the person on the other end of the phone said hey there's a problem with your banking account can you give us the account number so my understanding of AARP and correct me if I'm wrong is that you are a membership organization we are however based on what I have seen, is that you offer a lot of programs and services that really anybody can, like when you're speaking in the community, anybody can participate in, and garner the education from these, whether or not they're a member, correct? Correct. And not only can anybody participate, but it's free. Most of our programming is free. We, um, we provide instruction, education, outreach on subjects, including caregiving and fraud, but we also go into planning for your finances, Um, What does it look like to make a financial plan when you're 50 and older? We include um, uh, outreach on things like veteran services. What do veterans need? AARP is actually the largest veteran organization in the country, which just means we have more veterans as members than other veteran organizations do. So we are con- we are very cognizant of trying to provide those services and resources that veterans need. And the research tells us that veterans have different needs as they age than a non-veteran population would. Um, obviously, at Transitions Life Care, we see some of that poignantly in 
the end-of-life care services that are needed, in particular in hospice. And so we work on those issues. But many of those veterans' issues happen well before end-of-life care, uh, understanding what resources they have available to them. And they're also dealing with some issues that non-veterans may not deal with. Absolutely. Um, And whereas, you know, you can say that someone who is, is suffering from a debilitating disease as a particular manner of care that can be provided for them. Someone who may be suffering from PTSD and needs caregiving, that's a totally different set of skills and, and set of resources that are needed for that person, to provide for that person. Our guest this evening is Audrey Galloway. She's the Associate State Director for Advocacy and Outreach of the Triangle Region for AARP. And we will continue our conversation right after this. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Welcome back to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. I am Jason Kong, Cooper Linton, and Nicole Bruno alongside me. Our guest this evening is Audrey Galloway with AARP. She is the Associate State Director for Advocacy and Outreach of the Triangle Region. And Nicole, during the break, we uh, we were talking about you know what we're going to talk about next. Uh-huh. And uh, we, we both got this confused look in our eyes when uh, Audrey... Audrey, you mentioned that that there's a difference between national and nationwide. Apparently, one of these things is not like the other. They're they're very different. (laughs) In AARP speak, they are extremely different So to tell. So AARP has 53 state offices. So there's a state office in every state. And some states have more than one, apparently. Uh, Well, actually, in three territories. Ah, So the Virgin Islands, Puerto Rico, and the District of Columbia Uh also have state offices. However, our national office is located in Washington, D.C. Okay. And as we've done this work over the years, a lot of the impetus for the work has come from the national office Uh down into those 53 state offices for those state offices to implement throughout their state. That's a nationwide concept. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sorry, that's a national concept. (laughs) Even I get it confused sometimes. It's okay. It's okay. So that's a, a national organization kind of leading the charge on a lot of the work that we're doing for the 50 plus. We've determined that the best way to deliver the work is to deliver it at the community level. Every community is different. Every community is different. And you can, even within my region, I cover the Triangle region, which covers 20 counties. Some areas are very rural. Very different. Mm -hmm. Northampton is very different from Sampson County. Even right here within the immediate Triangle, Orange, Durham, and Wake County are very different. One end of Wake is even different than another. I mean, seriously. (laughs) Absolutely. Wow. So the nationwide work becomes more about looking at those individual communities, determining what those communities need, and feeding that information up. So to you're the more national you're more than a magazine advertisement, Absolutely. more than a national commercial. You're really doing work at the ground level. At the ground level with partners like Transitions like mm-hmm. here, we we are doing work based on what we see are the needs within the community. Not necessarily what we see exclusively at the national Mm -hmm. level, but what I, as an AARP employee working with partners in my region, see are the needs and how can we address those. And, you know, Jason, I was going to 
Audrey won't toot her own horn on this, but AARP on the on this level is actually becoming the underwriting sponsor of our upcoming caregiver summits, which wow, is wow, that's great, so important because those summits, you know, we want to keep them affordable for caregivers, and we want to be able to continue to do them. And you know, costs keep going up and up and up, and we always have to try to figure out well, how can we meet the costs and still deliver this amazing service to the community. So thank you, Audrey, because I know you spearheaded that effort and got that approval well, for us. Well, thank you for actually doing the work. Um, you know, it's easy for us to come on board and say, yes, we want to be a part of this because we've been a part of, of these summits over the last few years mm-hmm. and they are well done. Bravo to you guys. Oh, well, thank you. Um, they are well attended and people get a lot of information and a lot of resources. And I, you know, I've been going to them for the last two years, I think. Mm-hmm. And I, I consistently meet folks who say this was the best thing I've ever done. Yeah. I had to find someone to stay at home with the person whom I'm providing care, but I got some very valuable information here and I've learned so much. Or that person who says, I come every year and every year, I, I learn something different, I get something new. And we're here to support that effort. Well, you know, whatever you. we can do to, to help elevate it and to increase attendance and make sure that this information is being shared uh, as far wide as possible, we're willing to do it. So we're excited to come on board. Thank you so much. So speaking of community events, I understand that you just held an online family caregiving fair. Talk to us a little bit about that, and folks can actually still find out the information, correct? Yeah, so since November is National Caregiver Month, um, we have hosted an online caregiving fair that is an attempt to provide resources for family caregivers. And we're in addition to resources, there were real life tips, there was support mechanisms, um, and all this was free. Um, there was a caregiving simulator, which was interesting, um, interactive videos. A simulator. A simulator, okay, yeah. Okay, you got what is that? I mean, <laughs> well, I know what the word simulator means, but what is a caregiving simulator? <laughs> Well, you get really tired really fast. <laughs> whatever it is, whatever it is, you just learn what exhaustion is. It's a 24-hour treadmill. Is that the deal? It's, that's pretty close, actually. Yeah, yeah. But going as fast as a treadmill can possibly go. Um, so it is an, it's an opportunity for um, folks who may not be familiar with all the ins and outs of caregiving to actually plug in some information and see what the, the plight of the caregiver is actually like. You know, because... Some people haven't experienced, you know, the joys and sorrows of being a caregiver and a lot of the challenges that go along with it. So this provides an opportunity for people to see that. But uh, this, the online fair also gave, provided videos. There were presentations. Um, there were video chats. And if you were not able to be on the online fair, we did record it, and it is available on demand. So, so I can still go see it. You can if you go to aarp.org slash caregiver, and you can find the link to the online fair there at our national website. aarp.org slash caregiver. Correct. So even if I missed it, I can still see it. I can still download these resources, you watch certainly them, can. And, and, and get the educational resources. Now, Absolutely. I view it at my own time since... If I'm a real live caregiver, not a simulated one, I, I uh, <laughs> then I actually learn when I get the chance. Because most of the time, my priorities are my loved ones. So Correct. That's awesome. So even if it's at 2 o'clock in the morning, you can still see these resources and you can still uh, watch the videos and you can still get all the information that you need. And while we're talking about the website, I just want to um, plug 
what a great resource the website is in terms of being it's a spectacular. caregiver. It truly is. It, it covers all aspects of caregiving from your health to your finances to, um, you know, what are those local resources. So um, I encourage listeners to go to the website. So in your title, which covers a, a great number of words, um, <laughs> there is the term community outreach. Yes. And earlier you made reference to livable communities. Yes. And it's great to hear new phrases thrown around in our industry. What is a livable community? Well, actually, it's probably not a new phrase. It, you know, people may have heard of it as aging in place okay. Um it may also be referred to as being an age-friendly community. And uh, when we reference livable communities, we're talking essentially talking about communities where it's okay to grow older in the community because the community provides you with every resource that you would want to have. And it provides you the ability to stay where you are as you age, as opposed to having to move um, or move into a facility. Uh, my grandparents um, passed when they were 97, and they were able, for the most part, to age in place, which means the house where they raised their children was a house that they stayed in until they were in their 90s. And we were in a community that allowed them easy access to their doctor's offices. Um, it provided opportunities for them to engage socially, um, to engage um, in terms of um being members of the community and aging in place and livable communities provide that for everyone. And ARP is the United States um, subsidiary for the Age Friendly Network, which is out of the World Health Organization. And communities can the who the World Health <laughs> Organization <laughs> who yes the who I know it's clever girl clever girl so. We have in the Triangle region, we have two communities that have joined the age-friendly network, and that is Orange County and Wake County. Mm -hmm. And what they have essentially said is we are committed to being communities where it is safe and comfortable to age in place. And there are eight domains, and I advise folks to go online to aarp.org, livable communities, and see what those eight domains are. But there's transportation and housing and uh, green spaces, all of that is included. And these communities have said, we're going to work on these things to make them accessible and um, available to any and everyone who wants them, that including is the 97-year-old. Absolutely fabulous. And I think we can definitely have more than a one-part series with Audrey on this show. would love for you to give us some contact information about if folks want to get more involved or more information. What is the best way to go about doing that? Thank you for bringing that up. Um, ARP does a great deal of the work that we do through volunteers, so we're always looking for volunteers to come and assist us, whether it's on age-friendly or um, caregiving work. And if you want to reach me directly, I have a direct line at 919-508-0264. We also have an 800 number. That's 866-389-5650. And you can email me at agalloway, and that's G-A-L-L-O-W-A-Y, at aarp.org and as always our state website aarp.org slash nc and we're available social media twitter and facebook <laughs> at aarp nc you can run but you can't hide <laughs> <laughs> sometimes i try and i'm very unsuccessful at you're it. hiding today <laughs>
Audrey Galloway, thank you so much for joining us this evening. We really appreciate you taking some time to chat with us. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. She is Audrey Galloway, the Associate State Director for the AARP for Advocacy and Outreach of the Triangle Region. Again, that website, if you want more information, aarp.org slash nc. If you need to get a hold of her by phone, 919-508-0264, toll-free 866-389-5650. A quick break and back. You are listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680. WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. You are listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. You can find more about Transitions Life Care at transitionslifecare.org. I am Jason Kong, Nicole Bruno, and Cooper Linton here with me. And guys, we've got uh, a new interactive feature for all of our listeners. This it's is really, simulator. really cool. Oh, a simulator. <laughs> wow. it, is, it is not a simulator. Well, I do not simulator. No, I'm not sure what the whole simulator thing is <laughs> we do however have a couple i have a new thing that we'd like to roll out to our listeners and it's, it's really simply based on the idea that caregivers know what they need no no they don't. yeah ask people what they need you know and and our listeners are the customers of this show mm-hmm. if you will they give us the gift of their time on a weekly basis mm-hmm. and we want to honor that and what we'd ask you to do is that if you have questions that you'd like to see addressed on the show, either by both of us or Nicole or me, either one, or Jason. Jason, we're going to loop you into this. Oh, You're dear. Gonna, um, Don't ask me a question. That's a bad move on, on the listener's part. Ask <laughs> well, Cooper and Nicole. We'll let you give a suggestion, then we'll tell you how wrong you are. Okay. I like, <laughs> I like that idea. I'm used to that relationship. <laughs> hey. So, <laughs> so we've created an email address. It is Aging Matters, just like the name of the show, Aging Matters at transitionslifecare.org transitions plural lifecare.org and if you email ideas or questions or suggestions for a show topic or you know of a guest that you think we should talk to about uh, the type of resources they can provide in our community please feel free to shoot us an email at agingmatters at transitionslifecare.org and it'll come to Nicole and I and we will Take a look at it and see how we can incorporate it into this show so that people get their needs met. It is so true. You know, caregiving is such a tangled web. It's, you know, we talk about the tangled web of resources, but boy, once you're thrown into that world, it can just be so overwhelming and confusing. So instead of us randomly trying to guess what you what may interest you, if, if you are listening, we really do want to know and we'll try to do our best to, to make it as easy as possible. And, you know, simply if you are looking for some help, on a personal level as well that's a great way also to get in contact with our organizations and we'll do our best to connect you to resources that are currently in the community too yeah that's that's important you know if you have a situation and you don't want it to be on the air that's okay too you can, yeah. you can shoot us an email you just let us and, know. and we'll, we'll point you in the right direction and so that email will actually distribute both to transitions life care but it will also send over to transitions guiding lights mm-hmm. so that either organization can be reached through one simple email 
Uh, and we'll triage those emails as they come in and, and try and route them to the right place. And we just appreciate people listening and contributing. Now, obviously, if this is an emergency situation, we're not going to be checking this email every two minutes to, is, to, to work with that. So. Is this where if you call your doctor's office and they say, if it's an emergency, please hang up <laughs> exactly, and dial Exactly, exactly. So, you know, obviously, <laughs> if you're emailing us on a weekend, um, you know, we'll, we'll do our best to get back to you, you know, first thing Monday. But do give us a little time. So if you are in a crisis, obviously, you need to to work with that because we are not monitoring it that closely. We're also uh, really walking right into the holidays, holiday season. Yes. And we just put Veterans Day. I don't know if we ever put Veterans Day behind us. I think some of us carry Veterans Day with us year round Mm -hmm. uh, just because we have such a passion for that issue. But uh, Transitions Life Care was able to do a number of Veterans Day uh, services in a partnership with some of the long-term care communities in the area. And it's just incredible to see the veterans recognized, mm-hmm. uh, particularly those that were not recognized in their younger years and are now being recognized later in life. So that was a great experience uh, with our partner organizations. I think one of the wonderful things, too, is, you know, we are, we're kind of losing some of our history. A lot of our World War II vets, they are, they're, mm-hmm. di- they're dying out in the generation. So just to even be able to capture some of those stories. And I think a lot of our area senior living communities and senior centers are really trying to do a job of keeping that legacy going and learning what the stories were so that our younger generations will will understand kind of how the history of our country was formed. Because a lot of that, you know, kind of on a soapbox, my understanding is a lot of kids aren't even getting taught social studies anymore. So how are we <laughs> Well, there's a big difference between reading about an experience mm-hmm. or even watching a documentary and, and sitting down and talking to a veteran who went through it. And mm-hmm. um, I had the privilege a couple of years ago to meet with a veteran from the Second World War who, before there was an Air Force, was in the uh, Army Airborne mm-hmm. Group, and they were jumping behind enemy lines in the European theater. And I got such an insight into his experiences and what it was like to be in the 1940s as a young soldier jumping out of an airplane um, j- just from his story. And that was powerful, mm-hmm. absolutely powerful. I encourage people to go out, you know, in addition to these events, but go out and talk to these people and capture their stories, hear, hear them. They have a lot to share. Yeah, and you never know. And, you know, th- even talk to people in your own family. You'd be surprised. Mm-hmm. I, I, I found out I had to do a – when I was back in college, did a genealogy project as part of one of the courses. And so you had to talk to your older relatives. And, boy, some of the stories I captured, my own grandmother, who I knew as a retired guidance counselor, come to find out during the Second World War was an aeronautical engineer and helped design wow. planes because all the women had to go to work while mm-hmm. the men were serving. And I mean, she was an amazing mathematician. I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but I had no idea she had that whole part of her life. She had pictures of diagrams of planes that she showed me, and I I would have never known. So as you go into this holiday season, realize there may be an opportunity to find out things about your own family Mm -hmm. or about extended family, uh, and those opportunities won't always be around. But take that opportunity, and uh, it's almost like a family documentary. Find out Mm -hmm. what's really going on that you – you didn't know what was going on, and, and sometimes they're just incredible stories that mm-hmm. help shed light on how we got to where we are now as individuals and as a family. We really encourage folks to take the holidays to explore that part of the caregiving journey. Yeah, put put the smartphone down for an hour and, and talk to talk to a relative or and find out some information. Or record it on yeah. the smartphone there with an go. app, there and that go. way you can have it. And, they, they used to get your smartphone <laughs> fix. Right. Yeah. I still, yeah. I'm still holding in my hand. So I, yeah. Still get that endorphin rush coming. Yeah, okay. Jeez. 
But it's amazing what you actually can capture on a cell phone uh, from a legacy perspective within families. And so uh, there's a lot of things to think about in the holiday season. One of the things we'll be talking about in an upcoming show uh, is a uh, discussion about advanced directives and advanced care planning. And I know we've talked about that a lot, but there's a reason we talk about it a lot. And it's because over half of people who are older have nothing in place. No plan. No plan at all. We're not saying a good plan, just any plan. And so we are encouraging people to use this holiday season when family's around to talk about something that really isn't as uncomfortable as it may initially seem to be. Yeah. yeah, and if you're with family members and you're starting to notice a change, a decline, you know, it's really important to start having those conversations about what would you want if something were to happen to you, even as, even so insofar as funeral arrangements. And I know those are difficult conversations to have, but holiday times is when family comes together, and that's when a lot of times people start to think, gee, you know, grandma's just not the same as she was. Well, it's, right. It's a great uh, – people think about – holidays as milestones and they mm-hmm. compare last year to this year and sometimes in there is a is a reality check mm-hmm. so it's a great opportunity to say do we have things in place it doesn't mean you have to make this the topic of your thanksgiving dinner right. but people are, are together for several days use that opportunity to explore wh- what needs to be done and recognize we need to have plans in place uh, I do want to mention that aging matters at transitionslifecare.org email address again. If you have thoughts, if you have ideas, suggestions, um, we, we want to be sure that we're meeting your needs as a listener, and we really appreciate you tuning in. And, you know, folks may not realize, Jason, that people can hear the past shows. You know, perhaps something wasn't pertinent to them a couple months ago, but now perhaps would be. Where can folks find our archive shows? You can find all those at WPTF.com. If you head over to the host section, you'll see Aging Matters there on the list. You can click on that. You'll see the the beautiful smiling faces of Cooper and Nicole, and you can find the full archive of shows there. And we'll also have a contact form there for you if you you can't remember the Aging Matters at TransitionsLifeCare.org email address. You can just go to the WPTF website, and there's a form there, and that'll be sent directly to us, and you can get in contact with us that way. So, uh, hey, we want to wish everyone a very happy Thanksgiving. We, we hope you enjoy it, and we want to thank you uh, for listening. We really appreciate everyone who takes the time to uh, to listen here, to to write us, and you know, we've run into people who uh, say, "Hey, we listen to the show. We love it," and that's that's mm-hmm. great. That's a great feeling, and uh, we hope to continue doing it. It's a lot of fun. Definitely. Absolutely. On behalf of Nicole Bruno and Cooper Linton, I'm Jason Kong. Thanks again for listening. We'll do this again next week. Have a great Thanksgiving, everyone. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF.